Welcome to this week's episode of Compound Your Knowledge, where we cover the research posted to the Alpha Architect blog each week. We have three papers to cover this week, two trend following related, and one related to hedge fund uh, public versus private performance. As always, Jack and I are going to give you everything we got. Uh, the first paper was written by Dr. Jack here and was titled Trend Following a Decade of Underperformance. Jack, that sounds not fun. Um, what what were you attempting to show here? Yeah, so uh, what I was attempting to show here and just study was, you know, we're basically a decade out of the 08 crisis, right? Yeah. Um, and even though, you know, it bottomed in 2009, you know, most people think of 2008 as the end. Uh, so, you know, we're a decade out and trend following was a strategy that people liked because it can help try to reduce drawdowns in a portfolio. And so what I wanted to do and just study was how did trend following do over the past decade when we know, you know, looking back now that there was no huge uh, crash in equity markets. Hmm. All right. Uh, okay. So, so then how did, how did you get the study set up and then what did the results say? Yeah, so w what I did was I first just looked at, uh, you know, the six main asset classes that most people invest or allocate towards. So it's, you know, U.S. stocks, international developed, emerging. So three stock categories. Then we had REITs, bonds, just treasuries, and commodities, yeah. right? And then I threw in cash just to show the meaningless return over the past decade in cash. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was I just did uh, a comparison. So in the one image I show in the paper, it's just over the past 10 years, what were the returns to either buy and hold on each asset class compared to the returns using a trend followed strategy, using just two 12 month rules, one moving average, one time series momentum. And you know what I found is pretty much for all asset classes, save commodities, trend following underperform. Yeah. Hence the title, a decade of underperformance. Got it. Um, so then what, what, what would happen if we went one year back? Yeah, so, you like, know. AKA, so, so 10 years, we went back to 2009, as you said, but if we went back to 2008, we added one more year. Yeah, so what I wanted to do is just say, you know, if we look back one more year, yeah. right? Obviously, um, past 10 years have been bad, but if we go back one more year, so now it's 11 years as opposed to 10 years, you see that the comparisons between buy and hold and trend are actually pretty similar, mm -hmm. right? Um, so in one image, I show the 11 year, you know, just returns. Obviously, this is before any taxes, fees, all this stuff matters, right? And in buy and hold, we can assume it's almost zero. But the returns are much closer, yeah. right? And then the second thing is I then compare just the drawdowns over the 11 year period. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, what you see is, you know, when you throw in a large equity drawdown, trend following did help with a drawdown over that time period. Right. Um, just however, however, over the past 10 years, uh, didn't work. Ha one thing that's interesting, though, is on, on commodities, trend following did work over the past 10 years. Right. And that makes sense because commodities actually had like a 50% drawdown. Yeah. So when you have those like 20 plus drawdown type events, yeah. that's when you would generally expect trend following to do better than buy and hold yeah so so could you could you say trend following is more of like a tail risk hedge then like it's not going to help you necessarily with a five percent drawdown 
but it can help you, as you said. With yeah, I mean, it depends on construction. We're going to talk about Valerie's uh, paper here. But depending on your construction, using like a longer-term, slower-trend rule, right. yes, that would probably uh, be right. an accurate statement. Right. And, and, and it's interesting. If you've been following along with us, there was another paper Jack wrote, which you had um, just compared over a longer, much longer time period, going back to the 70s, on trend following on those same asset classes, mm, right? And yeah. it showed that the returns, if you trend followed or didn't trend follow for all the asset classes were pretty much the same, right? So like trend following doesn't, um, it, it would, would it, I guess what I'm getting at, would it be accurate to say over the long term in expectation, trend following is not going to add to your performance, but it helps with drawdowns? Is that like the simplest way to think of it? Yeah, a safe way to, uh, Describe would probably be to assume you may give up some returns because yeah. you're going to be out of the risk asset at time, yeah. right? So compared to other factors like value momentum, where you're always at least in the market, trend actually takes you out of the market. So at times, if you're out of the risk asset, you're going to by default miss out on some of the risk assets return, right? right? Uh, one interesting comment though on that other piece is, you know, uh, some people are like, oh, hey, last 10 years, trend following didn't work, it's done. There's yeah. too much money in it like that common response. And actually one, uh, an interesting finding is from like 1975 to 1999, when there was no large equity drawdown over that time period, just on US stocks like S&P 500, trend follow underperformed buy and hold by 3% annualized yeah. for 25 years. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, the recent 10 years is necessarily a newer phenomenon. Right. Um, so that's just an interesting fact to highlight. Yeah. All right. Um, so so then we'll, we'll hop into the second uh, paper on our site, uh, which was based around trend following as well. And this was written by Valerie Zakamulin, um, who at the top of the post said his post was inspired by Wes, who asked him, Valerie, you have done more formal academic research on trend following than anyone I know. Skepticism aside, let's say I forced you to pick a trend following strategy. What would it be and why? The post then follows a series of questions around trend following. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask Jack these kind of series of questions around trend following and Jack, uh, you'll give us the responses from Valerie's paper. Um, so the first question and the most obvious was to follow the trend or not to which Valerie gave a, a quote um, that was kind of funny. He said, marry and you will regret it. Don't marry and you will also regret it. Marry or don't marry, you will regret it either way. So as it relates to trend following Jack, to, to follow the trend or not, um, what, what did the paper have to say on that? Well, I think, you know, there's always gonna be regret, right? Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, uh, like, you know, I think that's what Valerie was kind of getting at. No matter what you do, you're probably going to look back and be like, oh, at this point it did work, at this point it didn't work, right? So going back to my one, if you did it for 10 years, you're like, oh, that was the worst idea. If you did it for 11 years, you're like, oh, that was good. I had similar returns with less drawdown. So right. I think that's, it's not for everyone is what I would say. Right. And, and there was the, the quote that I, you know, I've seen a bunch too. It's like diversification. Diversification means always having to say you're sorry. Right, so because something's always lagging when you're diversified or, or should be. So I guess similar idea here. Um, okay, th then the next question 
what stock index to follow if you want to trend follow. Yeah, he generally just recommends using like a larger market cap weighted index mm -hmm. as opposed to smaller ones. Got it. Okay. And then when the trend following indicator generates a sell signal, there are two alternative strategies. So you can either sell the stocks and go to cash, or you can short stocks when the sell signal is generated. So the question, Jack, is too short or not too short? Yeah, he generally recommends just going to cash, right? And, you know, a, a good example would be if you were just using like a simple 12-month rule, mm -hmm. it may have triggered at the end of December. And if you shorted stocks, you would have been down, you know, 15%, just I'm making up numbers here, down 15. Now you're short and the market rebounds 15, so you're net down 30, right? right. So. Yeah, so shorting can hurt. Uh, is it better to do daily or monthly trading with trend following strategies? He recommends uh, monthly. Got it. And what trend following rules should investors use? Yeah, so if you're going to do daily, I think he uh, is an advocate of a moving average envelope where you have a couple signals. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're going to do monthly, I think he prefers a simple moving average. Got it. So, yes, yeah, can simplify a little bit more there. Uh, sh should we combine the trend following rules or not then, which you just kind of hinted at? Yeah, I mean, at risk of causing another Twitter war over should we combine or use one rule. Uh, Valerie... <laughs> so reference to Corey Hofstein for any of those following along. Yeah, but I think, you know, Valerie just says, you know, there's... Uh, it depends, right? Because it, it makes sense to do it if there's certain trends that basically... He talks about, and I recommend you just read the paper, to be honest with you, but if trends are at different lengths, it definitely makes sense from like a fundamental ex-ante perspective to do it. I think there are potentially some valid reasons to just diversify your signals, right? Um, for example, you know, we use moving average and time series momentum. So, uh, I mean, he, he recommends probably not doing it, but, you know, as Wes always says, you know, factor investing and a lot of stuff is more of an art less of science yeah yeah so all right and the third paper we have to look at this week uh has some really interesting headline stats this will be really quick but uh it was summarized by elizabetta on our site and was titled public hedge funds and their performance so let's just get right to it jack how does this research show public hedge funds perform against their private counterparts yeah so i mean I think, you know, as the saying goes, the picture's worth a thousand words. Uh, you know, the one image in this article basically highlights the cumulative performance of the private hedge funds versus firms that, that are versus the public hedge funds. Yep. Um, and what you see is just massive outperformance of the private funds relative to the public funds. Um, an interesting side note, though, is that the, the public ones actually raise more AUM and generate more revenue, mm. probably because they're larger firms that are public, so they just have more ability to you know, attract assets, get them in. Um, but essentially, the findings are pretty interesting, uh, and it's definitely outperformance by the private relative to the public. Yeah. Care, care to speculate at all on why that would be? Uh, it's above my pay grade. Uh-oh. Okay. All right. Well, that's all we've got this week for the Compound Your Knowledge show. Thanks for joining us and tune in next week.
The views expressed in this recording are the personal views of the participants as of the date indicated and do not necessarily reflect the views of Alpha Architect itself. Nothing contained in this recording constitutes investment, legal, tax, or other advice and should not be viewed as a current or past recommendation or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. The information in this recording is based on current market conditions which will fluctuate and may be superseded by subsequent market events or for other reasons. Alpha Architect does not resume any duty to update forward-looking statements. The information in this recording has been developed internally and or obtained from sources believed to be reliable. However, no representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made or given by or on behalf of Alpha Architect as to the accuracy and completeness or fairness of the information contained in this recording. Any liability as a result of this recording, including direct, indirect, special, or consequential loss or damage is expressly disclaimed. Copyright 2018, Alpha Architect LLC, all rights reserved.